This podcast is brought to you by Stella Artois. When you're planning to enjoy everything Houston has to offer, especially all the great restaurants in our city, start with Estella. Whether you're going to eat with friends or solo, start with Estella. Stella Artois. Enjoy responsibly. Welcome to What's Eric Eating, Culture Map's bi-weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor, Eric Sandler. This is the Thursday show where I have a conversation with someone in the food world I think you will want to learn more about. He is the executive chef and owner of Sin Chow, a restaurant off of Washington Avenue, and Saigon House, a Viet Cajun restaurant up on the north side. Tony Wynn, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Thanks for doing this. Yes. You know, I always kind of like to start at the beginning of a person's career when we when we have these conversations. So tell me a little bit about your background. How did you get into the, the restaurant world? So I was born and raised in Houston. Uh, my family immigrated from Vietnam and uh, we, we spent like our a lot of free time or on the weekends to go to restaurants and I grew up eating Kim Sung and Feng's kitchen. So it, it was always like as a child, I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I, and I just, it has always been a childhood dream of mine to do restaurants and own restaurants. So I went to Syracuse university, study hospitality management in uh, 2012, spent a couple years in New York city, uh, managing Gilkaku, Midtown, and uh, Times Square. So I, I actually have a lot of front of the house experience. And I didn't go, a lot of think I went to culinary school, but I never went to culinary school. Uh, I'm uh, self-taught. Um, so in 2014, I decided to move home and open up a food truck with my uh, brother-in-law and a friend. So we I started uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. Well, formerly known as Walker, Texas Ranger. Uh, we got a cease and desist. <laughs> but but uh, now now it's just Walker, uh, W-O-K-K-E-R. Uh, Chuck Norris wants his piece of a pies and we couldn't give it to him. <laughs> so dive into Walker just a little bit because I, I think that's maybe when we met. Talk, talk about kind of what Walker was because that was kind of that kind of laid the groundwork, I think, for for some of the kind of fusion Vietnamese food that you're still doing now. Yeah. So Walker, we, we were doing Asian food with a Texan twist. Um, that's where I really started smoking brisket, learning about barbecue and kind of playing with the smokiness and Asian flavors. We did like we did smoked brisket egg rolls, pork belly fried rice, uh, brisket pad thai. They they have two locations right now. Um, one location is in the old conservatory, which is underground, and then another one off of airline. And I believe they're also opening a conservatory uh, Westheimer as well. So they're doing pretty well. It's a great concept. So then when did you spin off and do Saigon House? Because I, I think that's when I, I think that's when you kind of came on my radar as like someone that I needed to start paying attention to. Yes. Yeah, so that was in 2017. I found a partnership uh, in Saigon House Midtown. I uh, came into the brand not knowing much, and I was just like, I think I was uh, I was very confident because we opened a small brick and mortar 
in downtown with Walker. And I was like, I think I can do this. So I wanted to get into a bigger space and really uh, check out full service restaurant. And I, I definitely learned. <laughs> I learned a lot in Midtown. And um, that's where I really started exploring Vic Cajun. I, I knew Vic Cajun was uh, starting to be very popular. And crawfish has always been part of my life. Like I was in charge of doing the backyard boils. So we we, we were struggling uh, in Midtown. Town, so I was just like, let's just add crawfish to the menu, and it it blew up pretty big. Uh, I think that's where I really made my name was Big Cajun Crawfish. Yeah, I, I mean that's certainly. I mean we we talked about that restaurant on the show back in the day mm-hmm. quite a bit. Dive into that a little more. Tell me a little bit about kind of learning to cook Viet Cajun Crawfish, kind of exploring those flavors. Like, how did you how did you kind of develop that skill set? Fortunately, uh, I ate a lot of crawfish growing up, and just love supporting a lot of restaurants in Houston. So I, I it definitely like I drew a lot of inspirations from Genevieve seafood shop. Uh, we ate there a lot, definitely put their kids through college. BB, BB, BB cafe. I love the Cajun style. Um, and it was just using my background of food science. Cause at Syracuse, we learn a lot about food science and I just developed uh, a, a really great recipe which is the garlic butter known as H-Town Bang. And it was just a lot of research and development, forced, forced research and development, of course. <laughs> but I definitely enjoy it. And I, I think with uh, with all the food we kind of create and make, is it's things that we actually eat all the time. So, like, this is the style of crawfish that my family eats. And this, and I just, over time, it just got better and better. Yeah, I mean, you had a, you had a sort of a brief run in Midtown and then, and then you closed it. Now you're now you're up on the north side. So tell me a little bit about. I, I mean, it's it's not that new anymore, but I still think of it as the new location of Saigon House. Yeah, we opened it up in uh, 2019. It was a it was our second location. We we really didn't move up there. It was uh it was supposed to be an expansion and also a a, a prep kitchen and a sport kitchen because in Midtown we didn't have a lot of room. But unfortunately, with Midtown we couldn't resign the lease. And I decided just to move on from that project and um, try to find another something else because crawfish was seasonal. It was a very difficult business to kind of manage multiple locations because it's like when the season's there, it's great. We're super busy. I have to staff up. But then once crawfish season slows down, um, we kind of struggle a little bit and we got to cut people. And it was really difficult. So I, I wanted to kind of evolve a little bit and try to do a other type of food yeah so what are you doing at saigon house now like obviously you still do crawfish in season but but what are some of the other things you do yeah we still we still uh do pho and a lot of like rice dishes uh shaking beef is popular but our fried rice our banging shrimp fried rice, definitely a uh, a big seller there but definitely the the revenue is like generated from crawfish and uh but now we're we're using that kitchen more of a prep kitchen for sinjiao because Sinjiao is a small space, and um, we we smoke our barbecue up there, and just do some the sauces up there as well, and our pho broth. All right, so let's let's talk about Sinjiao. Tell me how that got started. How did you get connected with Christine Ha? It was really um, it was really random because I didn't know Christine and John for very long. I actually met them in 2019. I, I went to the Blind Goat to visit them, and um, 
I had a couple of drinks there, <laughs> so I had a little confidence. And I saw, I saw John, who he was. I, I knew Christine. They came to Midtown before, and I was a little, I was really shy at that point to to kind of approach them. I was like, uh, "Is that Christine Ha?" And John was like, "What?" And I was like, "Oh, never mind. Uh, thank you. Have a good day." <laughs> so I just let them walk out. But when uh, they were opening up Blind Goat, uh, when Blind Goat opened. I, I saw John he and I I, I was like, okay, I'm going to go say hi to him. And I was like, hey, uh, congratulations. I, I tried to order some food, but y'all ran out. Great job. And he was like, oh, he was he seemed kind of stressed. He was like, no, we're, we're kind of really behind on prep. And we're, I think I'm going to take egg rolls off the menu. And I, I was like, no, don't do that. Whatever you do, do not take egg rolls off the menu. Egg rolls is a quick ticket time. And all you have to do is like, you know, prep it and it's ready. Like it's it's fine. And he was like, no, no, I, I don't know how to do it. And I was like, okay, what time are you guys open in the morning? I'll come in. I'll show you some stuff. And he was like, oh yeah, sure. Like this guy, like he's going to come and in. This the morning random show. dude is just going to like, teach yeah. You something. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's going to come roll some egg rolls. And I did. I, I woke up, I believe it was like nine or 10 AM. I woke up, I came in there and I was like, uh, uh I was rolling egg rolls. I was like, okay. Um, you guys open for lunch? He was like, yeah, we open at 11. And I was like, oh, this is your issue. You need to tell them to come a, a lot earlier, <laughs> come like 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock to prep <laughs> because they were prepping for lunch and dinner, and it was just – it wasn't enough. They were selling out. They were so busy. You know, Blind Goat was had a huge demand when they first opened in the bravery. So I spent a couple of days there, but at that point, I, I already had two restaurants. I had the Midtown and the 1960. So I was like, oh, well – I got to go. <laughs> it was nice meeting you guys. Uh, and then they, they took me out to dinner thanking me. And then like, we, we were in New York city at the same time. And we went to a couple of restaurants together and then um, just, just knowing John, John was like, Oh, maybe we, we can do something together one day. And I was like, I'm gonna hold you to it. <laughs> I'm gonna hold you to it. And when I, I closed Midtown, he actually messaged me. He was like, Oh, sorry. Like, like, you know, closing sucks and i was like yeah no problem and he was like uh, i'm still interested in doing something and i was like okay all right and then um when decatur announced uh their closure in october i i was fortunate enough to know adam brackman that owns the property and i messaged him and i was like hey what are you doing with that that space and he was like it's up it's up for grabs and i was like okay minimum i'm gonna put a saigon house in there and he was like, all right, that's what I want. And I was like, that's minimum. Like, that's my first, like, that's my backup. But I have an idea. And I have a, a partner that's really, like, famous that I'm interested in working with. And he was like, okay, let me know how that goes. So I contacted Christine and John. And I was like, hey, come look at the space. And then um, that was in 2019. And uh, we, we signed a lease in December 2019 as well. Yeah, I mean, we should say... You know, Adam Brackman is also one of the owners of Axelrad, yes. which is right down the street from uh, where Saigon House was in Midtown. So he probably had eaten your, like, he probably knew your food already. He'd probably eaten your crawfish uh, quite a bit. He, yeah, he, he did uh, dine at Midtown quite often. But uh, one day he was like, I need to talk to the owner. I need to talk to whoever's making this crawfish. And I came out, had a conversation. He was like, I need you at my bar at Axelrad. And I was like, Okay, sure. And it was a great opportunity for me because Midtown was really busy and there was like an hour wait, which was like a pretty long time. 
So we having Axelrad as a second option was pretty cool. So people could go to Axelrad and still have the crawfish. And and I think we we had a, a that was my first step of kind of like being able to manage multiple locations. Even though it was a small pop up, it, it kind of helped me learn, you know, grow a little bit. And then that gave me the confidence to open up 1960 at the same time. All right. So so talk to me about Sinchao, because obviously you didn't. You didn't open Saigon House there. Like, how did you, how did you and Christine kind of come together on that menu? Because it's not, I mean, it's not traditional Vietnamese food. I mean, it, it has those elements, but it kind of goes beyond that. Yeah, I think when 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 we um when we were developing the menu together, we we sat down and it was like, what what did you enjoy growing? What did you enjoy eating growing up? And then and then that's where we really started. It's just like. Funny thing is, like, the reason why we have fried chicken on our menu is because Christina and I both love Popeyes. <laughs> that was just <laughs> one of the things that we always ate growing up. It was part of a rotation and still part of my rotation. And she was like, we can only put chicken on the menu if it's better than Popeyes. <laughs> so we developed the the chicken recipe and now it's like extremely popular. Um, I took it off lunch menu and people were like trying to crucify me. And I was like, okay, back on the lunch menu. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's really, it was really fun. Um, and I, I really wanted to focus more on barbecue growing up in Texas. I think that was like the biggest like honor. If you knew how to do smoke barbecue from fire and wood, it's just like, you're, you're a true Texan and born and raised here. I was like, I gotta, I gotta show my stripes. <laughs> So we got a pit maker and um, I learned how to smoke brisket from post Oak and from a lot of, a lot of barbecue friends. It, it's, it's just amazing. I just sent out, I was like, sent out a bat signal who, who can help me um, fire up this pit. And then a couple of people came um, Rick Dixon from RC ranch taught me a lot about barbecue and meat and proteins, uh, uh, especially the Texas Wagyu from RC ranch. We still use that on the menu, but he, he really taught me how barbecue, and he's a competition uh, barbecuer or pit master, right? <laughs> but yeah, and uh, I came, I came to Christine. And I was like, I, I really want to have elements of barbecue on our menu to really kind of sh- like show homage to our our upbringing in Texas. And it, it's pretty for me, and uh, for me at least, I say like Asian flavors and smoked meats work very, very well because like a lot of like Asian dishes for me, I think like. The proteins is not really like focused on as much. Um, it's more on like the starch, the sauces, and everything. So it, it gave a, it gave a lot of room to kind of like substitute high end proteins or different type of like barbecue meats, and and that's how we really developed the menu at Sinjiao. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's fair to say. I mean, it really took off. You know, some some combination of. Christine's celebrity from winning MasterChef and and the quality mm-hmm. of the food and the service. I mean, you know, from my, from my perspective, you won Best New Restaurant in the Culture Map Tastemaker Awards, you know, yeah. which we're excited about. But maybe more importantly for you, you were nominated for a James Beard Award for uh, Best Chef Texas for for your work there. Yeah, yeah. And um, Outstanding Chef this year. So, yeah, we we definitely achieve a lot together. It's It's been a great ride. I mean, talk to me about that that James Beard process. I mean, I, I, obviously you didn't you didn't win, but what did that do for kind of the restaurant and, and your reputation? Um, I it, 
it definitely made it busier. <laughs> Absolutely. It, the, the, the surplus of business was great. Uh, but we, we, we just, we continued to do what we love and we just really focus on that. And now that, um, I'm, I'm here more full time, uh, Saigon house is still, still, still running, but it's very quiet during off season. So I'm just preparing for, um, just preparing for St. Jao's kind of like revamp and uh, another evolution of St. Jao. Uh, I'm going to be here really, really focus on the the operation a lot more. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, part of the reason that, that that's the case is because Christine announced that she's kind of moving on. She and John or her husband are going to focus on blind goat and stuffed belly, their, right. their sandwich concept. So talk about kind of kind of how that that came to be and and kind of what your plans are for St. Jao as we look to uh, 2024. Yeah, with, with St. Jao, um, I, I want to, like, I'm going back to my roots of Cajun. I really love seafood. That's I eat seafood a lot. So uh, with St. Jao menu, we're going to introduce a lot of more seafood, like live lobster, more uh, the king crab is coming back. And then I'm looking into more uh, different fish and different processes. Uh, so it's pretty it's exciting to get back in the kitchen and kind of like, like, all right, what kind of food do I want to showcase now? Like now, now, now that I kind of have a platform to kind of develop things that I want to showcase. So it's pretty cool. Um, we're, we're introducing one or two dishes new a week and then kind of see what people like and then kind of take things off of the old menu. But the, the old menu is still, still, still in full effect right now. Well, give me give me a couple of examples. Like, what are a couple of the things that you've introduced that you, that you're trying out right now? So, right now we have uh, live lobster from Maine, and um, we one of uh, the really popular sauces that I like is a uh, gulrung man, which is a, a tamarind. And we we um, well, I made this tamarind sauce out of the pulp and palm sugar and fish sauce, and we fried the the lobster and then toss it on the wok, onion, garlic, and a little bit more fish sauce and then uh, with the tamarind sauce. So that's introduced now. And with that, we're, we're going to also introduce um, giant prawns. So we have like these U6, so six six shrimp per pound. They're huge. So we're, we're also frying those and tossing in the spicy tamarind as well and the salt and pepper. Uh, and then I, I also want to do more wok items. One one walk item that I've been working on is a uh, turmeric noodles. It's a, it's going to be a vegan dish, which is kind of like definitely growing a little bit more popularity. But um, I'm giving different options as well. Like one one thing about the Sinjiao menu now is that we're we're going to implement like different starches, and then you're allowed to choose different proteins. So you can have like shrimp, chicken, or beef. Before it was just like, okay, this dish is beef. This this be, uh, this dish is chicken. And I think people really like want different options now. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that makes sense, right? I think kind of give people what they want and give them some flexibility. You mentioned you're thinking about taking some stuff off the menu. Is there what what's doomed? What's not going to what's not going to survive the transition? Um, I, I, It's definitely going to be more the, the the starters, just just the smaller dishes. I, I want to incorporate a, a little bit more fun dishes. Um. Like a, we're, I'm working on a, a smoked duck uh, show, which is kind of like a puff, like a puff pastry with mm-hmm. uh, with some meat inside. 
and I, I keep looking at the menu. It's just so big. <laughs> I was just like, okay, <laughs> I can't keep adding stuff. And we're just going to have like a 30 page, <laughs> 30 page item. Uh, so it's just really like, but I asked, I asked our following is like, which, which dishes y'all want to keep? And they're like, all of them. I'm like, okay, <laughs> we can't keep all everything. <laughs> we can't keep everything. <laughs> so it's still a work in progress, but I think um, the the shrimp fritters and the balka, which is our smoked brisket beef stew, might come off because the weather is going to finally uh, heat up a little bit. And I also have to keep the menu a little bit small because crawfish season's coming up. And we're going to use utilize the patio for the crawfish season, and that's going to be that's going to be uh, really busy as well. So I can't have a giant menu. I, I keep telling myself I need to reduce it, but it's kind of like getting rid of your children. How do you get rid of your children? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you've been here for so long. <laughs> yeah, it's time to go to college. It's it's time, it's time to, to go to college. Yeah, it's funny. Like growing up, I I used to think of crawfish season as kind of Ash Wednesday until Memorial Day. But now people start kind of craving them like as soon as the, you know, right after New Year's and then it lasts all the way into June. So, I mean, when do you think you'll start serving crawfish? Like, when do you think we'll see them at, at Saigon House? It's really, it, it it's really when the farmers are ready to open. They, <laughs> they we're, we're at their mercy. Some, some farms are starting to open up now. But um, my, my the the people that I I work with, they they tell me at least a, another couple of weeks. So maybe like right after Christmas. Yeah, the farmers the farmers usually like to take Christmas and uh, sometimes New Year's off. So like January first is definitely minimum when we're we're gonna start, right at the New Year. Well, and of course you know early season crawfish. It's really only for the hardcore. Right. It's, yeah. It's, you got to because they're they're smaller and the shells aren't, you know, the shells can be kind of hard. Right. Like hard to peel. Yeah. It's like yeah, you got to love them. The, the quality is a little dicey in January. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I warn our guests. I was like, it's live. I don't know if it's the best, but we have it. Just <laughs> yeah. They're like, OK, <laughs> right. don't right. don't expect March crawfish in in January. Right, right. They're live and they're from Louisiana. And after that, yeah. you you're rolling the dice. That's it's up to you. Yeah, but your your crawfish culture in Houston is huge. It's it's amazing, and um, I I will see guests three three four times a week. So I'm like, do you do y'all see me more than your family members? <laughs> <laughs> um. Let me let me just ask you about one other thing because I I know you've done some consulting over the years. Like I I remember walking into to camp and and seeing you there because you'd worked with those guys on on the menu for for that concept. I mean, what are some of the the places you've consulted for that are that people might people might not realize that you're you've been behind the scenes a little bit? Oh, I I only consulted from one place. <laughs> oh, camp. okay, sorry. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um... And I had time because I, I was in between projects. That that's when Midtown just closed, and then um, I haven't started Sinchow's project yet. So I, I was exploring the consulting, and it, it was fun. I really enjoy it. But then Sinchow project popped up, and then and I didn't have that much time anymore. But it's right. definitely something I I would love to pick up again. Yeah. So I I mean, you know, obviously, I I think in the short term you're kind of going to be 
really focused on running Sinchao without Christine <laughs> and John, but you know, what are your aspirations for the future? How, how, how do you kind of see your career evolving? Um, I'm really not sure. Really. I, that, that it's really, it's really funny because I, I used to be really like, <clears throat> I, I used to dream really big. <laughs> now it's, now it's just really like, I just really want to focus on, on Sinjiao and not, not do too much. Um, but saying that we, we are, I am, um, going to be running a Saigon house slash Sinjiao food truck at Axra at this whole Crawford season. And right now, uh, we're also working on a little speakeasy inside of, uh, Sinjiao as well called Sin City. <laughs> Tell me about Sin City. Yeah. Sin City. We're, it's just a, um, so we had a little PDR area that wasn't being utilized as much as I wanted to. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to create a speakeasy. We're going to focus a little bit on like pro- prohibition cocktails and um, Japanese whiskey back there. Uh, I We hired a a, a bar manager, he uh, Roman Brack- Brackton. So he, he worked at Clark Wood and Muse. He has a lot of... Uh, a lot of mixed beverage experience. So it's really cool working with him and kind of developing cocktails. And I I'm working on a small food menu back there. I'm not hundred percent sure what I want to do yet, but we're, we're definitely going to cater to more of the late night scene of the Washington. Cause I think that's one of the, the busiest time in this area and we're not open for it. So I kind of want to develop more cocktails and a, a, a nicer beverage program here at Sinjiao and Sin City. When do you think uh when do you think you'll debut that? Really not sure yet. <laughs> it's on the, pro- on the soon. process. Okay. It's coming soon. In the next month, maybe two months. Like uh I'm pro- I definitely I think I want to try to do it before Crawford season, but that's just me trying to really really push it. <laughs> well, you can you can soft launch it during dry January when everyone's like taking a a break from alcohol and that way maybe you won't be quite as busy. Yeah. <laughs> kind of roll. You can kind of ramp up. Yeah. Well, I have to say, uh, Tony, that brings me to the end of my questions. Is there, is there anything I haven't asked you about that you would like to discuss? Um, no, let me see. Not that I think of what, what, what would you like to see uh new at St. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, you know, what's so funny is like, I am the worst at that. Like I, you know, I go there for the fried chicken. I go there for the Beau Luclock. I go there for the egg rolls. I like the oyster program that you guys rolled out a while back. Like I'm just, I'm sort of happy to let the chefs create and then I'll sort of go from there. But I, I mean, I think, you know, I think you're right. I think, you know, it's, it's using that smoker opens up so many uh, possibilities for you i'm excited to try that lobster tamarind dish that sounds really delicious yes definitely let me know when you you have time <clears throat> i i know you go to a million new places every day <laughs> i yeah, follow your you stories <laughs> but i like to check in you know i like to yeah. stay i like to pop by yeah you'll i i always sort of joke you see me you see me a lot kind of in the first few months and then you know you mm-hmm. might not see me for a year but it's not it's not that i'm not paying attention it's just that there's only so many meals. There's so only so much money and only so many meals. Oh, absolutely. I'll definitely let you know when Sin City comes by. I, I need I need your two cents on our cocktail program. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I'll I'll bring all my cocktail snob friends and we'll we'll have drinks and tell you what we think. I look forward to it. <laughs> 
All right. Well, before I let you go, we have to play the lightning round. Five easy questions, five short answers. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay, let's do it. Tony Wynn, what is your favorite ingredient? Crawfish. <laughs> Good answer. What is the first <laughs> band you ever saw in concert? Oh my gosh. I don't even I don't remember. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. No, it's okay. Who is your favorite Houston sports figure, past or present? Hakeem Olajuwon. Oh, Yao Ming. Sorry. Okay. Got to. Yao Ming for sure. What is your fast food guilty pleasure? It has to come from a restaurant with a drive-thru. Oh, Popeye's. 100%. I can eat a whole family meal by myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, what is the fairly recently opened Houston restaurant that you haven't been to yet but are dying to try? Oh, March. I heard a lot of really nice things about March. I haven't had a chance. You should oh, definitely and Katami. Go and Katami, of course. You should definitely go to Katami. You should definitely go to March. <laughs> you should definitely go to Katami. All right, Tony, give us the give us your personal Instagram, restaurant Instagram, website, whatever you want to, whatever you want to mention. Yes. Follow me at uh, Crawfish Plug on Instagram and uh Sinjao HTX on Instagram as well. All right, Tony, thank you so much. Thank you. I would go on Eric. You can follow me on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.